Good morning, Harvest. Today we're going to do kind of a one-off message, and I've entitled it, What I Miss Most of All. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you uh, that you're with us, you are for us. Lord, you want to bless us. Lord, thank you for the word today. Thank you, Lord, that you're communicating to us. Help us to understand and be able to put this into our hearts today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Everybody texted, amen. I don't know about you, but I'm getting really tired of texting and uh, doing everything virtually. But we had a great announcement this week that uh, places of worship can open. And we are working on a plan. We want to open in a capacity that is safe uh, and uh, that we do everything the right way. And so we'll be giving you some information as soon as we have it. Uh, about how to join back together so very soon. But as I began thinking about that, I, I kind of thought, what do I miss most of all about not being able to physically gather here in our building? And, and I, I kind of made a list. I thought, I, I miss pulling into the parking lot and seeing Anita wave me into my spot every Sunday. I, I miss walking into the building and seeing the Dream Team already in the huddle Love you, Dream Team. Love everything that you do, serving uh, each and every week as you encourage each other and you, you really pray about that atmosphere of somebody coming to harvest that can belong even before they believe. I miss the smell of the coffee from the cafe. So good as shots are being pulled early in the morning and the beans are being ground. It's just incredible. Uh, I, I miss seeing the kids' church workers in their T-shirts and, and getting everything ready, getting the room downstairs ready, getting everything ready for our children. I miss Wendy every Sunday. Many of you probably don't know Wendy, who is making sure that everything in the seat backs looks perfect. She straightens it all out. If something's been taken out, she puts it back in every single week. I miss Wendy. I, I miss seeing the early arrivers. Those of you that are so eager and you come before service and you're interacting and you're talking and you're connecting and I get to talk with you and say, hey, how was your week? And we get a chance to interact a little bit. Uh, I miss watching people connect with friendship and that I realize that before Harvest, you weren't friends, but because of Harvest and what God's doing and connecting your lives, that you actually have a support system and I, I love watching those connections uh, take place. I miss the sound of live worship. Oh my goodness. I love what we're doing. I, I love and commend our team for the amazing, amazing job that they're doing and the product of excellence that they're putting online. But I miss hearing live guitar swells. <laughs> I miss hearing live bass riffs uh, and not maybe a bass riff that's been added after the fact. <laughs> in the studio. I miss it live. I miss preaching to you guys live. Whether you're jamming notes down, whether your, your face comes up and, I, and I've, I've hit a point that I know has resonated with you and I can see it in your eyes and you don't even realize it, but my heart's rejoicing because I know that it landed on you in a way that you got it. Or whether you're sound asleep <laughs> on a Sunday morning. At least I can see you and, and see what's, what's happening. I, I miss that so much. I miss people lining up for prayer after service. I miss our worship team being able to kind of dig down deep and in their faith and, and believe for the miracle, 
believe as I stand with you to pray. And I know we can do that on the phone lines, and I know that's been happening. But, but I just love seeing it, and I, and I miss that. I miss that so much. I miss at the end of our service when I ask for every head bowed and every eye closed. And that, that day that someone, and when we were meeting together, typically every Sunday, somebody made an indication of saying, yes, today I want to make a decision. And we would lead them in a prayer of being able to follow Jesus. Man, I, I, I miss that a lot. I miss that a lot. But a couple of weeks ago, I realized what I missed the most, which is the, the title of this, this service today, what I missed the most. And I realized what I missed the most. I was listening to uh, Elevation's new album, Gardens, uh, Graves into Gardens. And there's a, there's a track on there, and it's called, What Would You Do? What Would You Do? And perhaps you've heard it. Isaiah Templeton, in a gospel style, starts to sing very quietly. The music comes in, and I, when I was hearing it that day, a couple of weeks ago for the first time, I just thought, well, this is very melodic, very nice. But he begins to sing the question, what would you do if Jesus were to walk into the room? And he, he, how would you shout? How would you pray? What would you do if Jesus were to walk into the room? And I'm listening the audience of probably, I know it's over a thousand at their main campus and as they were taping that and I could hear the sounds of perhaps thousands of voices shouting, praising and responding to the question, what would you do if Jesus were to walk into the room? And I was experiencing that day when I was on the couch with my headphones on, I began to weep because it, I was having a moment with the Lord but more than that, nostalgia, I was remembering what it was like to be in the presence of God. What I miss the most and what's so important for us today, I want to talk to you about. In fact, I feel like God's dropped a word into my heart about September being significant for us as a church. And I don't know exactly what the significance is. I just hear God saying, get, get harvest ready for what I want to do in September. And part of that is that God wants to increase his felt presence. And I want to talk about what that is today and why it's so important and why I would take time to talk to you about this. I believe that God wants to increase the sense of his felt presence here in our meetings uh, when we come back. And so as I was sitting there, it wasn't that I was sensing his felt presence in a room full of people. I was remembering what it was like and I was missing that most of all. When we talk about God's presence, uh, the scriptures teach us there are different aspects or different ways that God kind of shows up. Now, God is omnipresent. That's a theological word. Um, and uh, one of the attributes of God, meaning only God can be omnipresent. An attribute of God is what makes God God. And God can be everywhere at one time. Um, and he's not limited by time or space. He's everywhere all of the time, everywhere, all the time. And that makes him God. And we believe in that because the scriptures teach it. But the scriptures also talk to us about not just the omnipresence of God, but what I would call the personal presence of God. So Jesus lives, I'm a Christ follower, Jesus lives in me, and I commune with him, or I speak with him, and I pray with him, I can hear his voice, and there's that personal one-on-one. -on -one. And I would have sensed that on the couch as I was listening to the Elevation song. But that still isn't uh, the 
corporate or the manifest or the tangible presence of God. And really simply put, the scriptures kind of talk to us about this. Simply put, the, oh my goodness, God's in the room presence of God that we've all experienced as we've come together at Harvest. It's a working of the Holy Spirit. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit as, as we gather together. And, and God's presence honors a people. And we see it all the way through Scripture, that a, a people that are, are committed to seeking God, praying to God, worshiping, uh, gathering in unity, waiting in expectancy and excitement, lifting their voices in worship. Holy Spirit people. <laughs> and what I realized that what I've been missing most of all, you can't create virtually. And I'll be a little bold in saying this, and you might disagree with me, and that's all right, but I don't believe there's a virtual presence of God. I don't believe you can capture virtually, on camera, uh, the, the presence of God coming into the room. You can see the effects of it. It's like wind blowing. You can watch a movie about a storm. But if you're not in the storm, in fact, John says that the Holy Spirit's activity is like the wind. It blows where it wants to. You can see, if you were watching a video of that, you'd be able to see the effects of the wind, but you yourself wouldn't feel the wind. At least not to the extent of the people that are experiencing the moving uh, or that manifestation of God's presence. When we read Psalm 1611, it says that in your presence is fullness of joy. There's something that happens in the presence of God that happens nowhere else. Now, again, I'm not taking anything away from your personal encounters with God. I'm not taking anything away that God is with me closer than a brother. And by faith, I know God is with me all the time, anywhere I am. I'm talking about as Holy Spirit people, as a people at Harvest that believe that today that God is with us by his Holy Spirit. And the same way in Acts, his presence came and stays with us. You cannot replicate that. I'm going to go somewhere with this. I, I, I just need to emphasize today, in light of God's saying, I want to do something more for harvest in the days to come. Acts 10.44, even as Peter was saying these things, Peter's preaching a message. It says the Holy Spirit fell on them who were listening to the message. <laughs> I want you to imagine that, um, you know, you're in your row, you're in your row at church, and somebody got up to use the restroom or got up for some reason, and they're coming back, you know, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And they trip and they fall on you. Now, hopefully they're not a larger person than you are, because that may hurt you. Maybe they're a smaller person than you are. But nonetheless, if somebody falls on you, that's what the scripture says. The Holy Spirit, who is a person, fell on them because of God, the, the, the presence of God in the room during the preaching of the word, not just worship, it happens there, but it happens in its entirety of our gathering. And during the preaching, it fell in such a way, or it came and manifested in such a way, it said it fell on them. <laughs> There's no mistaking that. The scriptures recorded that way, and as it goes on, they were prophesying, they were, they were enjoying the presence of the Holy Spirit in such a powerful way that it's described as it fell on them. When we gather in the room, we, we sense God stronger than other times, more manifested than other times. But I believe that God is speaking to us to begin expecting, what have I missed the most? The very thing that we can't replicate online. The very thing 
that we long for when we gather together. The very thing that I'm committed to say to you today is non-negotiable at our church. In fact, I believe that God wants to increase this in such a powerful, powerful way. Psalm 22, 3 says, you are holy and you are enthroned in the praises of Israel. God's throne comes with his presence. What does that mean? It means that God's authority, he is a king. And on the seventh day of creation, the Bible says that God came and he rested. And it doesn't mean that God flipped up his lazy boy and said, I get a day off. It literally means he was seated upon creation. He came to rest. He was saying, my job is done. And now I will take my rightful place as King of Kings and Lord of Lords in the universe. Well, in the Garden of Eden, where this was being manifested, our sins separated and allowed sin to come into the world. And the world doesn't work right ever since. But God, through his people, has been reestablishing his throne, reestablishing the place of his presence, reestablishing his authority through his presence in his people. And something happens where it'll happen no other place is when we gather together. And God says that I will establish my throne. That's why Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, and the prayer continues, and some people refer to it as the Our Father, but it's really a model prayer that we can all pray. And there's principles all through that prayer. And one of the principles is thy kingdom come, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In the same way, God, that you are God in heaven, and everything follows your rule. Now we are praying through your people, let God be God on the earth. Well, it happens amongst his people. It happens in a way as we release the kingdom rule, the kingdom reign of God, first of all in our gatherings, through the manifest presence of God. It goes on to say, Psalm 133 says this, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity so that we not just gather, but we gather knowing who we are as a church, and I, and I miss being with you. We can capture a little bit of that in our Zoom small groups as we've been doing that. We're, we know each other's names and we kind of know each other, but it, it obviously it happens at a higher level when we're together physically. But when we're physically connected as a church, it says it's good and it's pleasant. And when the Bible says it's good, it means it's blessed. It's blessed. It has the presence of God on it. That's what it means. It is like the precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running on Aaron's beard. So it's talking about Aaron the priest in the Old Testament. And when he was put into the function as a priest, the prophet poured anointing oil. And oil in the Old Testament is a symbol of the working of the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. And as real as that oil was dripping down, they would pour it. It wasn't like a little dab. They would pour the anointing oil and it came dripping off his beard. And the psalmist David is saying that's a picture of the body of Jesus, the church, as it, as it comes together to do its priestly function of coming before the Lord, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would drip. I'm believing that God is saying when you return, it can't be business as usual. We've been apart. We've been separated. We're going to come back together. But I refuse to open the doors and just say, let's come back and do it again. Not that it was wrong. Not that it was bad. It was amazing uh, when we were together. 
But because of this break, and as your pastor, I'm saying I've been longing, longing for more of his presence, more of the manifestation of the anointing power of God that would literally drip off of each one of us, literally drip off of us as we gather, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on his collar of his robe. It means it just keeps going and going and going. Come on, God wants to show up when we come back together in a way that we've not experienced before. I think we've tasted it, but I think he wants to heighten it. The scripture goes on and says, it's as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. Well, the dew would be in the valley. So it's saying that the dew, the refreshment, dew is refreshing. If you go out in, in, a, in an early morning, a hot day, the air is cool. And, and the, air, the water in the air will have condensation. The condensation effect is there's dew. And it's saying that the, the, the dew, the refreshment, would even reach the mountaintops. It wouldn't just be at one level. At every level, the refreshment of God would be sensed. I'm believing that God is saying, I want the refreshing of my spirit to go to every level of Cornwall and region. And it begins with the anointing oil flowing. And then the dew or our presence in the community can now precipitate a refreshment of the Holy Spirit as we uh, go about our daily lifestyle. I grew up in a tradition that we gathered every Sunday. In fact, it was a tradition that we believed that the Holy Spirit was working in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But we had a different approach than I realized today. And the approach was that we would pray that God would visit us. We would pray for visitations of God. That in past history, that there had been visitations of God. And we would say, oh God, and we would pray, oh God, would you visit us again? And I realized that that prayer is actually an incorrect prayer because God doesn't want to visit his people. This is his house. He wants to live here. <laughs> he wants to dwell with us. He wants to come like it was on the seventh day and come and rest. He wants to restore the rest, his resting on his people in a very powerful and profound way in the end days. Now, I'm going to get back to that in a moment. But just remember, God wants to rest, not visit. He wants to rest. We began uh, when I was younger. We sang a lot of songs about God, but we didn't sing a lot of songs to God intimately. In my 20s, I began to receive teaching about how worshiping God and God's throne in the praises of his people and the manifest presence of God could be something that was expected every single week, not a visitation, not a revival, but a faith of God's people arriving saying, what would you do if he walked into the room? Well, it's not a what if, because he walks into the room. He's here walking amongst us. And would we have faith in these days as we regather that Jesus is saying, I want to come to a people that is expecting me. I want to come to a people that is praying and seeking that I would come and show myself so much so you would say the presence of God fell on us today. Come on, think about it. I want to stir your faith today. I believe that that's what God is speaking. I don't know how it's going to happen in September. And it will happen all at once in September. I'm just saying God is speaking to my heart to speak to you. Get ready for September. In Exodus 33, we read about uh, Moses. We read about Moses and Joshua. And they're hanging out, personal presence with God in the meeting place. But later in the chapter, Moses is uh, confronted with a reality. He's about to lead God's people to the promised land. 
He's leading them somewhere where God has said. God hasn't specifically said how or where, kind of like how I do it as a pastor. I don't specifically know how and where. I have a vision that God gives on a leadership team. We have vision. We move forward. But the pathway sometimes takes away only the Holy Spirit knows and leads us. And as Moses is confronted with that, he says to God, I won't go, God. I won't go unless you lead us. I won't go unless your presence goes with us. And, and as he says that to God in Exodus 33:14, the Lord replied, my presence will go, will go with you, and I will give you rest. Now there's our word, seventh day, God rested. And so this isn't, I will give you rest, that as a people you'll relax and just be really comfortable in God's presence. It's you will know my authority in your midst. You will know on your journey that my throne is amongst you. Why? Because you will know my presence. My presence will go with you and the rest of God, God resting on you, not visiting, I'll go with you for the entire journey. That was it. That's what God said. And then Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, please, I don't want to go. And that was the non-negotiable for Moses. I won't go unless God's presence goes with us. And I guess I'm saying this, that I'm so longing for an increase of what God has been doing so wonderfully at Harvest. I mean, I don't have any regrets. I don't have any, I wish, I wish it could have been different. I wish it could have been more, because I don't. I think we were on time, in the right place. But in this break, I know this, that as we continue traveling forward, non-negotiable, I don't want to do it without the presence of God. In 1 Chronicles, it tells us about David, in verse 13, that David's getting ready to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel. It hadn't been in the religious services of Israel. And the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament represented the presence, the felt, tangible presence of God. And basically, Saul was doing services in church. And, and Saul, if you look at the model of leadership of Saul, it was a very kind of man-made, man-orchestrated, man-driven leadership. David, uh, also very a strong leader, but incorporated the presence of God and said, we can't do this without the presence of God. And so David says, we're going to bring back the presence into our meetings because we haven't had, we've had church, but without the presence of God. Now, I believe we've had church with the presence of God, but look at this principle. Look at the principle. Then David consulted the captains of thousands and hundreds. He had a leadership meeting with his, with his heads and every leader. And David said to the assembly of Israel, it seems, if it seems good to you, if this is right to you, if it just somehow sits with you that this is the right idea, and, and if it's God's idea as well, let's give an invitation to gather everybody to come. Everybody should come and be gathered and come and have a meeting with us. He says, well, do you think that would be a good idea? And before we have that gathering, before we have that meeting, let's bring back the ark of God. Let's bring back the presence of God because we haven't had it since the days of Saul. And then all the assembly said that they would do so. For the thing was right in the eyes of the people. I want to stir you today to believe that this is the right thing for us to do. It's not, it's not just something I miss. It's what I miss the most. Because as Moses said to God, he said, God, what will distinguish us from all of the other people? How, he said in, in verse 16, how will anyone know 
that you're pleased with me and with your people unless your presence is with us. Now, this is an interesting thought. We know that God's grace can't be earned. We know that we can't make God happier with us or we can't please God more than he's already pleased with us. So this isn't something that we need to do over and above to earn God's presence. This is very important. This isn't about earning more of God in our services or somehow we have to become more diligent with spiritual disciplines in order to get God to smile and go, hey, I'm pleased with you. I'm going to show up. Moses says, how will anyone know? How will anyone know that you're pleased with us? Now, you've got to get this. Moses' prayer was this. We already know that you're pleased with us. We've already experienced personal presence. Come on, you got to get this. I know what it is to meet with you in the morning. And we've had to really dig in during these times. And I'm sure as it's been in my life, it's with your life. That's not every day, but many days, God really showing himself strong. As we have done this series, I know how to stand firm on shaky ground. It's pressing in. And I've experienced the personal presence of God. It's powerful, but there's something even more powerful. It says, how will anyone else know that you're pleased with them as well? And Moses was speaking about the the peoples who didn't know about God, the people who hadn't met the grace of God yet, the people who didn't know that God could do a miracle, the people that didn't know that God could set them free, the people who didn't know that God loves them so very much that needed to hear and needed not just to hear it in their ears, but experience the love of God in such a way that at the end of a service, hands go up because they go, he's in the room. How will anyone know? What else will distinguish us from the rest of the people? The Holy Spirit is what makes us different. We're not a club at harvest. We're not just preaching the word, and I love the preaching of the word, but I could do that virtually. There are TV broadcasts all over the world that you can tune into and find out more about the Bible. But we want to experience as a church the spirit of God behind the the written word. The Logos word is awesome, but the Rhema word, when God speaks it in the midst, when the Holy Spirit falls on us in a meeting, is even better. What I miss the most, and it's non-negotiable at harvest, is like Moses, we would say, what else would make us any different? How will the world, is the world just going to show up for another meeting where people sing a little? People hear a, a cute talk and we go home? No, the world is longing for the depth and the reality of the real God who walks in through a room. What would we do if he were to walk into the room? As we consider this, I want to do something over the summer months that would get us ready for September. I want to take July and August and kind of set them apart. And uh, we'll have more details for you, but uh, the online content, or if we're back together uh, in the, in the building uh, at a limited capacity, we'll have all those details for you very soon that the format is going to look a little bit different in July and in August, we're going to do something we've not done before. And that as a church, we're going to read a book together. Not a book of the Bible, but a book about prayer in July. Craig Rochelle has written a great book called Dangerous Prayers. And I just want to read it together. And I'm going to preach and other members of the team are going to teach and preach the way we always do. 
but based on the content, which is based on the scriptures. Uh, don't be afraid. We're, we're not saying we're not, don't believe in the Bible anymore at Harvest. Obviously we do. But I want to package this in a way that we can all put handles on talking about prayer, thinking about prayer, not because we're trying to earn God's presence. We want to get ready for what God wants to do. We're setting time aside intentionally. On the first week of July, we'll have, uh, um, whether it'll be a virtual meeting or an on-site meeting, where we will worship and pray and begin to really put our faith behind God. We know you want to do something in our midst. So we'll we'll read that book together. Uh, We'll choose a second book for August and believe God for something to begin significant. And again, I'm not sure what it is exactly. I just know that God is saying, get God's people ready for the thing that you miss the most that can never be captured virtually. And it's my presence in the room. When Moses prayed that, and we're just going to simply pray a simple prayer through July. God, we want you to go with us. God, we don't want to be as in the days of Saul and going through services that are great, but they don't have that tangible touch of God's presence, that the throne of God isn't felt. We want it so felt, it literally falls on us. And when Moses asked for that, and I think God's just saying, will you ask me for it? Will you just ask me for it? He responded to Moses and he said, and the Lord, verse 17 of chapter 33, and the Lord said to Moses, and if you will allow me, I want to insert harvest. And the Lord said to harvest, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know your name. I believe God knows our name, Harvest Christian Fellowship. He knows the name of every person who is here, but he knows the name of every person who's not here yet. And I believe in the days to come, we're going to see a heightened sense of his presence. We're going to see more people come to Jesus every Sunday. I believe we're going to see more people healed. I believe we're going to see as Pastor Dick's heart has been longing for cancer to be healed and that we would be known as a cancer clinic, not because we are physically ministering to cancer, cancer, but spiritually seeing cancer healed. Why? Because Jesus is walking in the room. Will you believe with me? Will you begin to pray with me in July and August leading up to September that we would pray this simple prayer, God, we're not going. We're not gathering again. All of the things are so awesome, but what we miss the most is God's presence. Would you just bow your heads with me right now? And I'd like to pray on behalf of our church and begin this prayer of asking God to stir us to believe for so much more. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now that you would stir everyone's heart the way you've been stirring my heart in these weeks, but more so that I would begin to long for a manifestation of your presence. Lord, as we read about it in Acts, we've but tasted it. Oh, it's been amazing at Harvest Christian Fellowship. But Lord, I believe that there are days ahead that it is to be even greater. There was a time where you walked on the earth and the Bible says that you could not do a miracle because the people in that town did not have faith. Lord, we have faith. Lord, we have expectancy. Lord, we have longing. And like Moses of old, we are saying we are a people of your presence. We are a people of the Holy Spirit. Come and fall on us in a way that, Lord, that the people who would gather with us would know. There would be a distinguishing feature. We would be distinguished because you are here. And those who don't know you would say, 
He's in your midst. I want to know him. I pray that today. Lord, lead us and guide us with wisdom in the days to come as we are on this journey of going forward in your name. Father, we thank you for where we've been. Lord, I thank you for where we are. As horrible as this quarantine has been and as horrible as these moments have been, I know you've worked something, that we've learned to stand firm on shaky ground. And now, Lord, as we get ready to move forward, we are saying, we are pausing. We are excited, but we are pausing to say, we're not moving forward unless you go with us. In Jesus' name today. And everyone said, amen. Know that I love you. Know that Christine and I are praying for you. And I can't wait for what God is about to do in our midst. God bless you and have a great week.